0: This is episode number 166 of the Well-Fed Women podcast. Welcome to Well-Fed Women. I'm your co-host, Noelle Tarr, a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer, and I'm joined by my bestie, Stephanie Ruper, author of the best-selling book, Sexy by Nature. On the show, we provide moderately amusing banter, authentic, unfiltered conversations relating to nutrition, fitness, mindset, and body image, and offer empowering advice for women from women. While you're listening, please keep in mind that the information on this podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material and should not be used to diagnose or treat disease we are so excited to have you here so now let's have some fun we made it here oh everybody what (laughs) what's happening there oh um uh, probably somebody doing
1: some stonework in the courtyard (laughs) Cause I live over a courtyard now. Very sorry about that. It's also very windy. So Um, we hear a lot of like, woo, that's the wind.
0: Oh, I I did hear that. That's interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that's nice.
0: So here we are. (laughs) (laughs) It started literally the second we came on the call. Yeah, it did really. It did. Uh, It's cool. This is how we roll folks. This is how we roll.
1: <laughs> this is so much more comfortable for me than the uh Noel Tar of podcast episode 001.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like this must
1: be perfect.
0: Well, I like, okay. You don't want to do th- too many things that annoy people because you want <laughs> to you want you want them to have an enjoyable listening experience. I I will say I am an avid podcast listener. I listen to all all the podcasts, oddly enough, nothing about health <laughs> or fitness, but I love podcasts and it does get on my nerves when the sound quality is really, really poor. I will say yep. that. So I don't know. We try to prioritize what we can do, like the best we can do, and which is obviously trying to eliminate as much, I don't know, buzzing and echoing as possible. <laughs> the piano player, though, that was classic. That was classic, and the fire alarm. We were able to take that out, but yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I forgot about the piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm over, I'm over that.
0: Yeah. Hey, did you know that we put your your fire alarm comment in the podcast? No, at the, at the end as a blooper. Yeah, it Good. was it was pretty cute. <laughs> it was pretty funny. You're like, I don't have time for this. It's like wee, wee wee. Yeah. I was like, put a little blooper at the end for us of her saying she doesn't have time for this.
1: Good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, team, oh, I have guys. a story to tell. Noelle, can I
1: should I tell the story that I told you the other day? Please.
0: I can't re- oh. I don't know what story you're about to tell.
1: Okay, so I um I, I think I'm okay to tell you this because I'm pretty pretty sure he's not a regular listener of oh, the podcast.
0: Gosh. <laughs> Please tell the story. Yes. Yes. So
1: there's this um man that I've been spending a little bit of time with, and I'll just leave it at that. There's nothing like – don't read too much into it, you know. It's just They've a person. We've been
0: studying together. We've been studying
1: together. He's really nice. I like him a lot. So – um he, I sent him an email with a document in it and then I went to get on a phone call with my mother and when I came back he was like giggling and I'm like well, what's up you know he goes well I I clicked on the link in your email which is in my signature to paleo for women and then I I found a podcast and I listened to it and I'm like okay he goes and I skipped to the middle and I'm like okay <laughs> and he's like and you were talking about your vaginal discharge. <laughs> I love it. Oh my okay. God. I
0: can't. I can't. And I then how like, you were whispering in this quiet place, you are talking about your vaginal discharge. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God. Because
1: I'm already embarrassed. I'm always embarrassed when people come look at my health stuff. I'm like, just, it's my life. I'm like, oh, I'm embarrassed. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, Don't be sheepish, which is hysterical because like three days prior I had taught him what the word sheepish means because he's from not here.
0: Is he and, wait, does he have a a British accent? No. Oh, I would have loved to hear vaginal discharge. Like, that would have been even funnier. Okay, keep going. I'm not sure I
1: would be able to convince a British person to say vaginal discharge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have some friends I could, but it would it would take a little mm-hmm, bit of convincing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, sorry, this isn't any offense to any of our British listeners. I think you're really lovely, and I don't mean to generalize about your population. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so he's like, it was about your visual discharge, and I don't know if y'all know this about me. You should probably be able to guess because you've seen my face. But like, I don't get just get red. I get like red you know, like purple. Sometimes when I like work out or I blush really seriously, people are like, do you need to go to the hospital? I'm not kidding. People have asked me that before. I'm like, no, I'm fine. I just, I just, you know, my blood vessels are really close to the surface of my skin. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) so I'm like, I'm fine. And he's like, don't worry. It all like looked very professional. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> like, what are the chances? So if we've done 150 episodes, and there's three questions per episode, there's 450 questions, and precisely one of them. So 0.25% of the questions on the podcast have been about vaginal discharge.
0: Right. And he found you talking about yours, which I, I just, we were dying because we, it was one of our little Skype giddy moments where we're like, <laughs> like going back and forth, <laughs> texting each other on Skype. Di- I was literally like dying laughing. Luckily, I was by, my ho- by myself in the house. Ken was walking my daughter, but I was like just dying and thinking about this. And I was like, he had to have decided, huh. This, in this title says lady leaking. I want to go to that. Like, I'm like, he was looking for your lady leaks. Like, maybe, he was, maybe <laughs> she sends me in all caps. Like, okay. He was so I'm looking I told, for your lady leaks.
1: Yeah. I've told other people about this and they've been like, okay, that's funny. And Noel just thankfully was on the same page as me with like how hysterical it was. And oh she's in an all caps and she's like, he was thinking about your badge. <laughs> that was the sentence. While
0: you were gone in the bathroom, he was like, he was thinking about your badge
1: I just can't. I can't. I it really was hope awesome. he doesn't listen to this podcast. Yet. No, uh,
0: of course he will. He will. This will be the second <laughs> podcast he listens to. I also have to make a funny note about another experience. By the way, we've officially announced our book. We have a book coming out. We're publishing. <laughs> yeah, this is great. We're publishing it with HarperCollins. We are so, so excited. It's an imprint of HarperCollins called William Morrow. And our editor has been amazing. And so we did a a Facebook Live about this and just we're talking a little bit about the book and what it's going to entail. And yes, we've been dropping hints, especially here because this is our community and we're writing this book for our community. But basically the book is really the podcast in tangible form. And so we're really excited about it. We did a Facebook Live and we announced the, the cover which we will link to in the show notes it's a beautiful cover the book is called coconuts and kettlebells a personalized four-week food and fitness plan for long-term health happiness and freedom And so we were kind of showing that off and talking about it and answering questions. And I went live on my Facebook page and then Steph had to jump on as herself, as Stephanie Ruper. So I pulled her on, so we're doing this live together. Well, because (coughs) Stephanie went live as her personal self, all of Stephanie's friends started to jump on, her salsa friends. and you're like like literally oh every man i've ever slept with yeah and so but i didn't get that in the moment you were like all these guys were jumping on and they were like hey and they're like live uh, viva la salsa and like they were just like saying all this stuff and i was like hey so i was like talking back and forth with some of them and some other people were commenting how hilarious it was steph was like squirming and she was like oh gosh like i was seeing all these people she's like guys no, this is a business thing. Get off. So she was like trying to tell him to get off. And then we get off this live and she's like, literally every guy I've ever had slept with or had have currently have a crush on was on this live. So it made it so much fun.
1: Oh my God. We, need, need, to do it again. A, uh, we need to figure out a new method. Yeah,
0: we will. So, so it's pretty easy to do it on Instagram as well. So I'm thinking we'll go ahead and do okay. the next live on Insta. And, Reveal some more information, but I wouldn't have traded that experience for the world. It was so fun, <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> so fun. I'm like you girls look great. Like they were just being so encouraging and nice. Uh Yeah. So anyway, that was that was our fun little announcement, and we'll link to the book in the show notes. We're super excited; it comes out August seventh. And just to tell you the quick backstory of this, Steph and I. Steph obviously has written a book before. I have ne- never have. I've always wanted to, but like the. the amount of work just was like too overwhelming. And um, it just, I don't know, I, I never knew, like, I thought maybe I would have to write about one thing. So I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll write a book about fitness. And I was like, but that's not, I mean, I can write a program and I've already done a program. So anyway, uh, I sent her this cover a while ago of two people. It was a, It's a dual cookbook two people like, eh, you know, showing things together, cutting things. (laughs) And I was like, this could be us. And she was like, (laughs) Like, "Eh." yeah, (laughs) eh." Um, she was like, I said, this could be us. I sent it to her over Skype. And you were like, yes, it could. Let's do it. And I was like, okay. So I kind of started doing some research and we started like, Bantering back and forth about how fun it would be. And yes, we could do this. And then it just sort of like. Fun, happened. Lol. Yeah, lol stuff. And then it like, I forget. I guess Mick, Mickey Trescott was like, hey, I have an agent. And um, I don't know how that came up. Oh, she was on the, they were on the podcast. You reached out to Mickey. Did you I reach like, out to hey, her? hook us up. Oh, okay, so we had her on the podcast um, talking about their new book, which is awesome, and I think I wanted to know who, who her contacts were at her publisher. And she said, well, I don't recommend, because we've actually got a lot of questions, how does this process work? And she said, I don't recommend taking your book directly to publishers, that's not really how it works anymore, and they're really not going to recognize you unless you have an agent. So here is my agent, but first, before I give you this contact information, I want you to do all this stuff. So we, it was basically like a per, like put the book proposal together, do this, do that, and I respect that because he is a he's an important contact, and she didn't want to just be like giving out his information to everybody, and so I I totally get that. Um, and so she kind of worked with us and helped us put this kind of proposal together, and I guess the time this was a long time ago. I guess in back in either. I guess it was early 2015. Um, oh you and I got together personally, early? yeah, in an, in Annapolis, and wrote stuff out in in Starbucks and created this plan. And then we worked on this thing for a long time. Um, you and I going back and forth. It might have been late 2015, early 2016, because then we finally we pitched it to the agent. Oh, it was in March. Yep, that's right. That's right. It was in March. Um, Wow. We finally pitched it to the agent. He said, great, this sounds great, but I don't want you to talk about paleo and I don't want don't want it to be a paleo cookbook. And we're like, you're so right. We don't either. Why did we say that? Uh, we thought it was because that was our thing, you know? And so, and we were even telling them like, hey, we, we're eventually going to change the name of the podcast circa, you know, 2017. And they're like, great, um, but we like this name and we think this is a cool concept and we'd like you to bring in fitness stuff. And so they helped us really shape our vision, but never changed the core content and like, you know, in terms of like what we were helping people with and how we were going to do that. So that was really cool. And then um, basically, and I guess in October or November, um, they they showed our book around to a bunch of publishers and then we got to meet on the phone with a bunch of people and uh, got a bunch of, I would say, I think we got three or four bids and went with the publisher that uh, was was right for us financially but also that we both loved and knew would help us fulfill our vision and um, it was a great it was a great thing that both of those things lined up and we love her um, and she's been super helpful and has not and I've been really surprised but has not changed one thing has never said you need to cut this out has never said well we're not we don't talk enough about weight loss or we don't talk this is not gonna sell and she did she one time she said I would love to put, something on the cover uh, regarding calories and or you know if people what maybe weight loss and i was like we really don't want to go that direction she's like i know i just had to say that because my boss made me do it or something like that and i was like okay um so she she knew where we were coming from from the beginning and she really helped us fulfill our vision and honestly a lot of the stuff we cut was because we wanted to cut it so that we could have more space for for full bleed photos of the recipes so um, that's kind of where we're at. And it was, it was six months. We had to turn in the book within six months, which was a little soon because it was actually due in June and I was due in June with a baby. And, uh, once we had those complications and all that stuff, I was just so overwhelmed and I was like, this is not going to work. So they gave us a three month, three month extension. And, um, so basically we turned it in and then a year from a kind of, I guess that, that lined up a year from when you turn in the, manuscript is about is when it actually goes to publish so it's been a long 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 process but uh I I'm really 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 happy I'm really happy with how it turned out and I'm excited and it really does feel like our vision and it feels like something that nobody else has done yet which that's also what I was was fearing um was just another book in the pile so so this is really cool uh I'm excited and I do think, you know, we were a little bit hesitant to add fitness stuff in because we didn't know how it would fit into the the program as a whole. We thought it was going to add too much and just make it too much and for people. But I think that that is what sets the book apart from, it's not just a nutrition and recipe book. It's a total health and wellness plan. And we really do go into detail about mindset stuff. And that's a pretty hefty chapter and section. And we drop, we drop stuff like constantly throughout the book, which... Uh, that was, that's great too. So yeah, I'm super excited about it. We'll link to it in the show notes. You can pre-order it now. We are going to do some pre-order, you know, giveaways and stuff like that. So if you pre-order it, you're still going to be involved now, but yeah. Um, or you'll be, in, if, you do, if you pre-order it now, you'll be involved in that giveaway. But yeah, so I am super excited. Ooh. <laughs> that's where we're at. Ooh. We'll probably do more lives and fun things just to, I don't know, reveal new stuff. Um Definitely talk about the giveaway, but it's fun being on live together and having people there and, um, yeah, it is. comments, so, yeah. All right, so, are you, do you have any announcements? Are we still uh, waiting? We're still waiting on a special announcement. Uh, uh. there's
1: a, there's a book coming out, if, if y'all haven't been listening to the last 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. The podcast, there's a book coming out, um,
0: yeah, let's wait one more week. <laughs> okay, so i i did send i sent that package to you by the way. I, I saw. They, I got a
1: PayPal notification. Okay,
0: great. I didn't know if that if that's how that worked. So I put your email in. So I'm happy you did. Um. Anyway, <laughs> back to the podcast. I uh, <laughs> if you you're not on my beauty counter email list, we do have some big stuff coming out. Coconutsandcattleballs slash beauty. I this weekend's my birthday. Um, Stephanie, it's okay if you didn't remember. Don't even worry about it. It's, Wait, it's this interesting this weekend or the weekend the podcast comes out. No, this re- this weekend actually. My birthday okay. on St. Patrick's Day, and it's really interesting. Oh God, team! Noel really likes gifts. <laughs> I do, but listen. Hear out. Hear me out. Hear me, out. hear me out. I actually am pleasantly surprised at like, well, not pleasantly surprised. I thought it would be hard for me to have a birthday where we we didn't go anywhere and we didn't do anything. And like, I actually don't really care as much as I did about my birthday. It's just not a big deal to me. Uh, We're gonna go out to eat for lunch because dinners are still not really happening with a kid, but it it's it's just not a big deal to me anymore now that I have a kid. Um and I, I'm like more interested in celebrating her and her birthdays and her milestones than I am myself. So I guess that's what happens. You just become less self focused. Yeah. <laughs> you become a better person. Yeah, thanks Stephanie. Um and it it's cool. I don't know, I'm I'm just not that I'm like excited for it and I did my husband did take off, which is great. But uh, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. But for my birthday, I've always given away free things. And I've used it as an opportunity to give away usually my favorite products and do giveaways with um, some of my favorite companies. And so I am doing something. I hate how the podcast, we do have to record in advance. And I wish I could tell you all of you like, hey, I'm doing this cool birthday giveaway, free gift with purchase. But y'all, it's already passed, so just jump on my email <laughs> list because obviously I'm sending the email out this week. It's like kind of a, a big surprise, like, hey, I'm doing this cool little birthday giveaway. But yeah, get on my email list and you'll get you'll stay up to date. Even if you're not like a Beauty Counter user and you're not interested in using the skincare, like I, did, I got into Beauty Counter and started purchasing from them for the makeup. And this is kind of what I talked about on my latest email was like, I just wasn't into the skincare and I was even talking to Steph about this, but since um, you know trying the makeup and knowing that it worked for my skin and it didn't break me out because I used to I used to have breakouts with natural makeup and stuff, um, I have started to use the anti aging line and I love it and it's taken care of my dark circles under my eyes and um, because that those have gotten really bad since I've had a kid so. Uh, I'm sending out samples of that stuff. Some of the more expensive stuff that I think people have a hard time. Like I, I, would have never in a million years bought an eye cream, but now that I know that it works for me and it helps me, I use it. So, but I had to actually use a sample of it and test it out. So that's basically what I'm doing. I'm just sending out, you know, deluxe size samples that people can use to see if if things work for them. So, um, anyway, yeah, coconutcannibals.com/slash/beauty. Let's jump into questions. Okay. Okay. Question number one is from Eleanor. Hey, Stephanie and Noel. I'm a longtime listener of your podcast and have gotten some friends on it. Thank you for spreading the word. Every Tuesday morning, I look forward to listening to your podcast. Y'all rock. I have a question relating to progesterone. I recently was listening to a podcast with Elisa Vitti on it, and she was saying that brown spotting before or after your period can mean you have low progesterone. I have this spotting, and I didn't know that could be a cause. On her website, she recommended decreasing stress to increase progesterone, but I've been doing hashtag all the things she mentioned to decrease stress, and the spotting has been concurrent. Details about me: Last June 2017, I removed my Mirena after Mariana. It's an IUD. After I had been on it for three years, it was causing horrible cramping, spotting, inflammation, and fatigue. Ever since then, my period has been relatively normal, coming roughly every 30 days, but just the spotting—that is a real pain. Very minimal cramps. I constantly crave chocolate, so I don't know if that can be—I can blame that on my period and regular flow. Also, in June of 2017, I completely quit drinking alcohol. December 2017, I bought Headspace and have been incorporating it three to four times per week. I work out three to four times a week, a combination of yoga and pole dancing, which is my absolute passion. I also really, it's also a really good space for social support. I'm very I'm in a very healthy supportive relationship with my fiance. We've been together for 2 years. I have a therapist. I see for anxiety. I'm in a good place where I go every few weeks. I sleep mostly 8 to 9 hours a night and I have no kids. My job is stressful. I am a social worker who works with kids who have survived abuse. It can be really emotional and stressful at times, but that's why I have such an elaborate system of self-care. I'm currently seeing a functional medicine doctor to help me with GI issues. I've been paleo for two years. She diagnosed me with candida. She gave me a supplement and then also put me on a low carb, high fat paleo, borderline keto diet. That's helped with a lot of my energy and stomach problems, but it's not ideal yet. She's still suffering from bloating and diarrhea, she says, constipation. I've only been working with her for a month. As a long time listener, I shop at Thrive Market, Butcher Box, and I like the, and I prioritize grass fed meats and, and organic veggies. I use Prep Dish. What am I missing? Or doing too much of. I feel like I'm doing every suggestion out there and still struggling with both the spotting and the stomach stuff. I'm not trying to get pregnant for a few more years, but I'd like the system to be in working order. Also, spotting is super annoying. Thanks so much, Team Honeycrisp. Cara-cara oranges. I'm not sure I've ever tried those. Um, Oh, Spirit Animal is an elephant because they're smart, team-oriented, artistic, and strong, independent females. That's cool. Okay, well... This is all
1: great. I want to start with the fact that low progesterone is not the only reason you could be spotting before or after your period. Um, It could be uh, any number of things. Uh, Hormonal changes, right? Um, Thyroid disorders. I'm not saying you necessarily have a thyroid disorder, but um, that could be a thing. Uh, Cystic fibroids are a common cause of spotting. Um, changes in birth control. You know, I know that you've been off it now for about, um, well, it's eight months, nine months now that we're talking, but maybe you wrote this question before then. Um, I just, uh, there are a number of different reasons. Low progesterone is, is on the list. Um, I, I would also want to be curious as to whether you're spotting before or after and for how long, right? How severe is this spotting? And also, um, is it spotting that is sort of, like kind of heavier spotting right like there's there's totally a spectrum if it's just a little bit light a day before your period that's totally cool if it's at the end of your period um that's a little bit a little bit mm, I don't want to say more normal a little bit more common because uh that's just a sort of your like your body sort of finishing up the menstrual processes and sometimes it can take a little bit longer for it to taper off. Um, and so you can have a little bit of spotting at the end there. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily freak out about your progesterone being too low. You know, I think that that might be the first place to look. It might be worth, um, going to a OBGYN, you know, getting some tests done to rule out things like cysts or fibroids. Um, I would definitely do that. But I also think that maybe a little bit more time sitting with this is worthwhile. You know, you were on birth control for a long time, you have a stressful job. I think those things combined can like, can probably do it. You know, again, I'm not, this isn't, I want to elevate these other possibilities just so you can keep them on the shelf, so to speak. Um, But I do definitely think with the combination of coming off the birth control and also um, you know, working, trying to trying to manage um, a bit of a bit of a stressful job is is a little bit um, is, is probably enough. Uh, I interestingly had a had a period that started much earlier than normal and had spotting before it for the first time in years and years. And the time that this happened was a time in which I'm not really sure the first half in like the first two and a half weeks of that period, I was living with my squeeze in Boston and I was really happy and it was wonderful, but I was, but then I went to San Francisco and I was uh, like running every morning. Right. And so a, was it the hormone change because I was really relaxed and really happy with the guy or B was it because I was running all the time? It could be either. It could be both. Um, but these sorts of things, like definitely for people with sensitive cycles, can impact our lives. Um, I think that that's definitely, definitely on the definitely on the table. I don't think that doing things like adding just heads up everybody. Um, I don't really think that doing things like adding a ten minute meditation to your day or um, that sort of thing is necessarily enough to mitigate stress that you're feeling the other, you know, 23 hours and 50 minutes of the day. Now it can definitely help. I think integrating deep breathing throughout your day, like once every 30 minutes, sit and do a deep breathing exercise for 90 seconds. I think that that can like actually have a physical impact, but I think the most important thing is like changing the structures of our lives. Um, I think the fact that you're sleeping a lot is um, is really great. I think the healthy relationship is great. Um, so do keep on with, with these practices and with doing what you can to feel, you know, feel the stress, um, reduce, but I would also look for more systemic ways. I'm not saying quit your job, but I'm saying just look for more systemic ways to um, continue to reduce your stress. Um, I think the GI issues are definitely important. Um, I cannot weigh in on whether or not I think you have Candida. Um, It's just an interesting diagnosis that sometimes is accurate and sometimes, I don't know, I think mostly the problem with candida is that people self-diagnose way more. You know, they just sort of guess that they have candida. If you're working with somebody and they say you have candida, then like, you know, sure, go full steam ahead working working through that prognosis. Well, here's the thing. How long have you been low carb? (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Well, because I think a low-carbohydrate diet is – I think a low carbohydrate diet can reduce our estrogen and or progesterone levels. Um, I would go ahead and keep doing the candida treatment for as long as is necessary, you know, Um, but adding the carbs back in might actually be a thing that, that really helps you here. I just, that's a, that's just a thing. And that could also maybe, you know, maybe your thyroid is running a little, a little bit low because of the carbs. I'm not saying that that's necessarily true. The science is still sort of, um, out on whether, you know, on how important carbohydrates are for thyroid function. Um, but I think, I definitely think that, uh, carbohydrates can be really helpful for you there. So I know I just like threw a ton of options at you. So I'll, I'll recap in order of importance. Um, I'm going to throw carbs up at the top. Um, GI issues and carbs are up at the top. I do want I do think fixing your GI issues is important. So do what you can for that. But also getting carbs back in your diet, also very important stress. And then if all of those things don't resolve, then you might want to look into thyroid issues and other potential causes of the spotting.
0: Light. I just, I, it's funny to see your train of thought. It was like, all of a sudden a new light bulb went off. You're like, oh, and this. I was like, here we go. Yeah, I had I forgotten the keto thing <laughs> in the question. Yeah. Uh, I would also just note that it might be worth it to get your hormone levels tested to see if your progesterone is actually low to see if you do have cortisol issues. Great idea. Sorry, I I missed that. No, I just think it's important because it's like, oh, well, I'm doing all these things because it's caused by low progesterone when we have no clue if that's actually really true. And we don't know if your progesterone is really low. So let's test that maybe with your functional medicine practitioner. You can also get your cortisol tested. I think that that would be helpful. And I would do that first then before moving on to other things like testing your thyroid and, and just, you know, checking out all the other boxes. I'd be interested to know if it did start right after you took the moraine IUD out, because if it did, you may just need more time to process and, and regulate. It may it may regulate over time. I don't I think the GI issues could be connected to the high stress job. It's not something that you can biohack away. You are going it, it this is, and I think this is another symptom of, of those of us who are used to being in control and or we like to, we're, we're, we do all the things, we like to do all the things really well. And so when we check all the boxes and things don't change, it can be very, very confusing and frustrating. But interestingly enough, it's the personality trait of trying to check all the boxes and be in control and do all the things and things not changing that's actually causing the not changing Does that make sense? (laughs) Sorry, that was a little bit of a train. But like, I do think that we cannot uh, just ignore the fact that sometimes when we are a little too intense with trying to make things happen, that that actually impacts and causes, it, it. it's a negative impact and can cause more stress. So being very type A and a perfectionist and trying to do everything is actually probably causing a little bit more stress than you'd hope. So relaxing, chilling out, I think it's great that you've adapted all these practices, but also just sort of taking it as, look, this is how I'm gonna exist for right now. I may have this spotting and I may have these GI issues, but I'm gonna be able to live with that for the time being. And it's and I, I'll continue to work on resolving it and tinkering here and there, here and, there and seeing if I can change it. This is an attitude that I've only recently had to adopt just because of my chronic back pain. It's like I tried so hard to try to find a specific thing. And like I talked about a a few weeks ago, I'm kind of taking a new approach, which is how do I live long-term with this and not always be thinking about this and, and, basically always trying to do all these things to to get rid of it it may just be that i need to stop marinating and thinking about it like 24/7 and focus on other things and living my life and and you know doing the things that i know work for me to to maintain balance uh, but not doing everything or, you know to try to remove it and and try to figure out how to exist with it in a different way so that's kind of What I think might help, um, you know, just accepting where you're at and accepting the help and making sure that there's no major things going on and just saying, okay, these are some side effects of some birth control and I do have a stressful job. And yeah, that stress may be impacting my gut. It may be impacting my gut flora. And so I'm gonna have to be doing things to restore that. And this this is for a period of time. It seems like you have a great team that you're working with and you have a functional medicine practitioner. So just keep on keeping on. We love Thrive Market, and for good reason. It's an online marketplace on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable. You can shop for thousands of different foods and natural products, including non-GMO foods and snacks, vitamins, supplements, personal care products, eco-friendly cleaning supplies, organic baby food, and more. And the best part is you get to shop from home, on your computer, or with the Thrive Market app and it's all shipped straight to your door. Their prices are 25 to 50% below retail prices because they cut out the middleman and buy straight from brands and then pass on that savings to us. In other words, for the first time in history, you can easily access wholesome alternatives to conventional products found at traditional supermarkets at the same prices or lower. We have a special offer for our Well-Fed Women community at thrivemarket.com slash wellfedwomen. You can get $60 of organic groceries for free, plus free shipping, plus a free trial membership. You literally have nothing to lose, and you'll likely find many items that are already in your pantry. Go to thrivemarket.com slash wellfedwomen, and you can check the show notes for more information. Question number 2 is from Kaylin. Hello ladies, I just discovered your podcast a few weeks ago and since then I've been listening to past episodes every chance I can get. I eat mainly a paleo diet. I've sent I have a sensitivity to gluten, soy, dairy and corn and never intentionally eat these foods. My problem is that there are f- a few other foods that I know cause some problems for me but I can't seem to stop eating them. I know this is a mindset problem but I don't know how to stop myself. For example, rice seems to cause severe bloating and abdominal discomfort. I know this, and yet I will intentionally make myself a giant pot of rice and just keep stuffing my face with it. I feel like I'm self-destructing. I know this will hurt me, and yet I purposely make and eat large amounts of rice. The same thing happens with really sugary foods. Actually, it happens with anything I tell myself I shouldn't eat. As soon as I decide... (laughs) I I was like, ding, ding, ding in my head. As soon as I decide to reduce or cut out a food that seems to be making me feel bad, I just want to eat more of it. I seem to lose all self-control. I'm not sure how I managed to stop eating gluten, soy, dairy, and corn, but I guess it was because they make me really, really sick. And it also took me about a year to really give up on just trying these foods. Do you have any advice for stopping myself from eating something that I know will not make me feel my best? And maybe some advice... For bloating, these are there are times I have no idea why I get so bloated. It gets to the point where I look pregnant. Thanks for your advice.
1: Yeah, this is a very um, self-aware question. I really, I really like sort of all of the all of the intentional thought that you've you know put into your habits. Um, and you're absolutely right, Caitlin. Like the minute we tell ourselves we can't eat something, like there's there's a function in the brain. You know, that's known by psychologists and neuroscientists the world over, which is when you tell a brain to not think about something, it sets up like it's like a computer in in brains are not like computers. I'm not on that team, but it's like a computer where um, if you if you give it a negative command, it becomes a part of the structure. Right. You're giving your brain a negative command. It's a part of the structure and you will like necessarily think about it. Like right now, if I say don't think about bears who's thinking about bears right now? We're all thinking about bears, right? That's just like, <laughs> yeah. Like how many how many people at this exact moment in the world are thinking about bears? So, yeah. whereas if I had just said like, oh, I saw a bear the other day, but then I didn't and it, it was gone and everything was fine. Pe- people wouldn't be stuck for a few minutes thinking about bears because you didn't give yourself an instruction to put in your brain about the bear, right? And so it would just more easily come in and out of your brain. So this is what we have to do with foods. And like I notice this in myself all the time because the further I've gotten away from being like really in the trenches here, the easier it is to sort of have like a like a stable mindset from which I can watch these things happen. And it's very like it's real. You know, Like this morning I woke up and I was like, man, I would really like to eat a whole pack of dried mangoes. And I could have forbidden myself from it. But I knew that if I did then later in the day, I probably would have eaten a whole pack and then some, right. And so I just like, I'm like, all right, like, I'll do it. Unfortunately, when we have food sensitivities is when we run into like a, a problem here. You know, I think you're probably right that like the real sick is what helps you avoid those other foods. Um, and I think that's good. Um, so I think what I would do in this case is probably try to not like forbid a food wholesale, like maybe just get that get that mental thing out of your head and say, you know what, this isn't a forbidden food. Obviously it's not. You've been eating tons of it for a while. (laughs) So like, while you have forbidden it in your head, it's still technically a part of your diet and your life is, your life is fine. It's okay. Um, So I would get rid of the ban and just every day when I'm like, choosing food to eat, instead of working backwards from what's forbidden, work forwards in terms of what do I want to include in this meal, right? So you don't walk up to the fridge and say, okay, well, I'm not going to have this. And I'm not going to have that. And I'm not going to have that. I'm not going to have that. What's left, but rather walk up to the fridge and say, okay, I'm starting from scratch. Nothing's forbidden. Although I really, really like to avoid uh, gluten and soy and all this stuff because it, it really sucks. I know that, uh, but nothing is really forbidden to me. And what do I want to build my meal out of? it's like, okay, I, you know what, if you can add rice, be like, okay, fine. I might add rice and it's going to be uncomfortable. That's the thing. But also like, okay, I decide I want to make this meal out of uh, sweet potatoes and kale and turkey and it's going to be great. Right. Um, and I think also like making sure you include carbs is really important because it will, you know, help you feel less restricted in terms of the sugar and, and the rice thing that you're, that you're dealing with. Um, and I think this sort of proactive way, right, this like positive in the philosophical sense, like you're making this choice actively, this proactive way of, of going about eating can really help reduce the feelings of restriction that you're, that you're going through. And also like not beating yourself up, not telling yourself not to eat the rice. If you decide you're going to eat it, just be like, well, you know, this is where I'm at right now in my life. And like this is something that i'm just working through and it's going to take a little bit of time but okay like i'm going to have some rice and it's going to be fine it's going to be fine i know how this goes i know the symptoms that come with it and then like i'll just keep making these kinds of choices and eventually your brain will will learn like your neurons will actually like rewire the paths you know that they that they on which they send electrical signals um will eventually learn to to stop obsessing over these foods, you know, and and to stop beating yourself up over these foods. And again, it does take time, but I really think, um, that this is kind of the only way to do it. I don't know if, if your opinion differs, um, love.
0: Well, um, no, I mean, I, I agree. And I think that, I think that it's hard. And I think that this is a, this is a topic that we have talked about in general, uh, a couple of times, but it is hard to navigate because when you have some sort of food sensitivity, it is easy, especially if you still are dealing with, if you have deep-rooted kind of, uh, uh, thing, uh, ideas about food, in other words, that food has morality and it's good or bad, and when you designate something as bad, you become bad when you eat it. If you still are kind of wrapped up in that whole mentality, which I will be honest, most people are, a lot of my clients that I worked with who were, you know, they'd say, oh, I, I listen to the podcast and I'd be like, oh, cool. So they probably get it. But then we'd talk and I'd be like, they're still stuck in this pattern. And it, it's because it's so hard to navigate and so hard to break. And I get it, it took, took, you know, Steph and I both took years to get out of this. But if you still are in that mentality of, there's a good way to eat and there's a bad way to eat. And if I eat too much, I become bad. And, you know, if, if I, it's all wrapped up in the amount and what I'm eating, it's that somehow, there's a bad way to interact with food and if you do that then you become bad it can really it, it i mean that that is the base that is the root mentality that can kind of pop up and like then behaviors like this happen where you uncontrollably eat things because you're trying to self-soothe for one you could that could be one thing but also When you tell yourself you can't have something and it's bad, your brain completely focuses on that, as Stephanie so demonstrated. And so I think at the root of it is understanding that. And I think that that's sometimes why we can, like, for example, you've given up on corn. You have sort of come to this realization that, well, corn's not bad per se. It just doesn't make me feel good. So you haven't designated it as bad or wrong and you know that if you eat it, you're not a bad person and that you can eat it whenever you want to, you're just choosing not to. That is the big designation and that's the mindset work that I think still needs to happen around some of these other foods that are causing bloating. Now, I, I think, this is just a little bit of an idea, but I think that how you're engaging with these foods might be the underlying cause of a lot of the bloating. We do know that people who have disordered eating patterns, who eat lots of food and then restrict, who have stress, so stress and anxiety around food, tend to have more bloating and digestive distress with eating in general. And I think that that's because a lot of our digestive issues come from you know, what passes through our gut and how it passes through. So if you're eating a ton of food or you're restricting a lot, I think that that definitely impacts gut flora and can impact how, and and also stress, you know, mental and emotional stress. If you're eating in a stressful state, which a lot of times that is happening when we're binging, you know, if you're stressed out, uh, you're basically eating in this sympathetic state where eating should be a very parasympathetic, quiet, relaxed thing that we do. And I know that so many people struggle with bloating and digestive issues and they are unexplained and they can't figure out why. And it's just because they eat at work and they're eating while they're trying to work at the same time or they eat in the car or driving to work. And it's just a very stressful state and they're trying to rush. And you cannot overlook the fact that when we eat in a very relaxed way, maybe with friends or family or outside where it's nice and the birds are chirping and stuff like that, when we can kind of pay a little bit more attention to what we're doing, it. It can impact our digestion and how we digest that food. So I think that there's a lot wrapped up in this, but ultimately, changing your mindset around how you perceive food is, you know, is, is what's going to have to happen. And that's that's the hard part. And that's I wish that there was a simple solution to that, but. Well, there is. You can listen to our 165 previous episodes where we talk a lot about food and morality and and body image and balance in that area to kind of basically combat what years and years and years of the media has been telling you about food and your body. And so, you know, creating a, a new understanding in that way and then trying to kind of apply that to your life and how you interact with food, I think, will be the best solution long term. We're excited to be supported by Health IQ, an insurance company that helps health-conscious people like personal trainers, nutritionists, and those living a holistic lifestyle get lower rates on their life insurance. This is similar to how some car insurance companies can provide lower rates to good drivers. 56% 56% of health IQ customers save between 4 and 33% on their life insurance. This is huge as life insurance becomes so important when you have a family and kids and want to make sure they're protected and cared for long term no matter what happens. HealthIQ is the only company that has invested in gathering science and data to prove that health conscious people live longer and it is the only place you can find special rates you deserve. To see if you qualify, go to HealthIQ.com slash fed. Again, that's HealthIQ.com slash WellFed. And you can check the show notes for more information. Okay, question number three is from Lauren. Hello, I'm a relatively new listener with a question regarding post-marina acne that I'm dealing with. It's uh, Starting at age 18, I developed really bad cystic acne that finally got under control with heavy use of Benzol, is that how you say that? Benzol peroxide? Benzoyl. Benzoyl peroxide after a couple years of struggling to find a solution. I used this regimen twice a day, every day for about seven years and stayed pretty clear as long as I kept at it. I got a marina inserted in April 2016, a few months after giving birth to my second child, shortly after I started breaking out again. And the peroxide wasn't doing a great job of keeping it under control anymore. I did a lot of research on diet, read Stephanie's book, and I immediately made drastic changes. I was no longer eating gluten, dairy, refined sugar, soy, or vegetable oils, and I stopped breaking out. I was so relieved. After a couple of weeks of eating clean, I decided to stop using the peroxide because I was really confident in the diet and was working. I was confident that the diet was working, and I know how terrible that stuff is for your skin. Especially since I've been using it for so many years, things were going great a couple of months and I really thought it was in the clear, but then slowly started getting painful breakouts again. Figured that my Mirena was probably not helping and I had been considering removing it for other reasons such as extremely low libido, moodiness, general, generally not wanting to be on synthetic hormones anymore, etc. So on October 9th, 2017... I had it removed and ever since then, my acne has just gotten worse and worse. My chin is covered in cystic acne and I'm also getting them on my jawline. I've been eating so clean, but it doesn't seem to be helping. 28, eat paleo with added carbs like sweet potatoes, white potatoes and white rice. I don't get as much exercise as I should. I like yoga, low impact cardio. Supplements are vitamins A and D. Zinc, probiotics, natural calm. What are my, so my question is, will this get better? Is it something that happens over time? Is there something else I should be doing?
1: Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is really interesting. It's a great question. There is a number of different things I think going on here and it's hard to isolate the variables, but we can try a little bit. Um, First, I, I I would like to say that I think I think maybe you could use a little bit more vitamin D relative to A, right? These two need to be in proper balance. And while like a ten thousand to four hundred ratio, I think is a little bit skewed towards vitamin A. Yeah.
0: Um. Um. So definitely, yeah, right? the D is only four hundred. Is that how I read that? Yeah. I yeah. actually saw that as reversed, but yeah, definitely more D. Yeah. I mean, oh, uh, is that? Am I reading that right?
1: Well, maybe maybe she listed the numbers backwards. Yeah. But It's like. Usually, I mean, vitamin D, so right now here it says 400 I use, and there are D supplements that come that low. Um, Usually people take about 1,000 a day. Um, like if you've never had anything tested, if you don't know if you have low vitamin D, if you know you have low vitamin D, you can go up to much higher, you know, 5,000 IUs a day, easy, maybe even 10 for a little bit. So, um, anyway, just look into that, be, um, cognizant of that. And I, I only bring it up because it's really important for, well, it's important for your health, but it's also important for your skin, um, having, having a good balance there. Um, where to start? Okay. So I think the fact that you're, Let's start with benzoyl peroxide since since that was the first thing that you talked about. Um, Benzoyl peroxide is very interesting because it can help reduce the severity of cystic acne short term, but also it does reduce the antioxidant capacity of your skin. Like it can create a playing field, so to speak, in your skin. (laughs) I'm picturing like little football players running around on somebody. Okay, so like you could it can create what's like acne. Football players, anyway. It can create a playing field on your skin um, that makes it that makes your acne worse in the long run. And so, um, the fact that you were using it for so long, like I'm glad that it worked for you when you had those periods of um, feeling really peaceful and good about your skin. I do think now I think the zinc supplement is really good. Zinc is a great. Um, I don't know if you or we're using my clear skin unlocked, but that's something that I talk about in that program is uh, various antioxidants that are helpful for the skin. And probably I would say my favorite one, the one that I think is the most efficacious and safe is zinc. So I think it's really good that you're taking zinc um, and magnesium. I think both at the same time are um, really smart to take together. So uh, good job there. Um, I think we, you didn't talk about your topical stuff. Um, I think using something that's got some antioxidants topically is really important. I don't know how sensitive your skin is. Um, there are, I'm sure that beauty counter has some stuff. Um, I don't really know, but I'll just I'll throw that out there as a possibility since it's rumored to be the case that they have safe ingredients. This is what Noelle tells me.
0: Um, <laughs> has, so wait, sure. can we just say too? You were like. Of what's all the skin do you do you use the skincare stuff i was like yeah girl i use the whole anti-aging line you're like no way i'm like i do because i just <laughs> okay team we're aging Noelle just sent me we're like aging. a box
1: of, well i've been using anti-aging cream for years oh yeah noel just, yeah, just sent me like a box of beauty counter anti-aging samples so <laughs> my just report never, will be forthcoming
0: i just never thought i would be this person but i am Oh, but I was, always
1: knew I'd be this person. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. Well, I was like, I don't need the stuff. And then I was like, I need the stuff. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm particularly vain, but I am terrified of my mortality. So. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, so I'm that person. Um, oh, quick aside. Um, sorry, love. Back to the question. Yes. So. Yes. Um, the Mirena IUD definitely influences your hormone levels. Um, I think in the long run, like, yes, it's, it's best to take it out in the short run. It's no surprise to me that you're, you know, seeing changes once you, um, yeah, once you had it removed, um, I, six weeks is not a super long time. I think you're probably going to need, you might need months for your body to adjust back to producing its own hormones, um, so I unfortunately I think patience on that skin is uh, or on that skin uh, on that count is definitely called for. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to add some benzoyl peroxide back, I actually think that that's not a terrible idea. Um, I know that I was just talking about how bad it is um, for long term skin health, but um, since we're pretty sure that your hormone levels will are adjusting to coming off of the IUD. Um, you could use it as a short-term solution and then sort of titrate yourself off of that as well. These are possibilities. I think those are probably the most important things. I think it's really important that you're still eating um, carbs. I think um, yoga and low impact cardio are really great. Um, I brought up the topical thing. I mentioned beauty counter. There are of course many other products that you could try and, um, and you can do your own research on that count if you have preferences. There are many things that I like. I like Go Pure. Um, I think they have a really nice antioxidant line. Um, I think Primal Life Organics has a really nice serum. Um, you know, that's, that sort of thing I think is definitely worth looking into. Patience is definitely called for. You might want to try experimenting. I know I just like throw this out here every time somebody has a hormone problem, but it it can uh, have an impact. You might want to try experimenting with some phytoestrogenic foods. Um, These could help uh, with your hormone balance. I'm not really sure. Again, um, this is definitely a very bio-individual thing here, Um, but like a little bit of soy in your diet um, could be something at least looking into in terms of what it can do um for you i think making sure that you're not um, overwashing your skin is really important what we're looking at here is right the cystic acne is definitely like the big angry acne is a comp- is a combination of hormones and inflammation right these things are both really at play. Um, But the way that you interact with your skin from a topical perspective is also really important. Um, If you overwash, if you over dry it with benzoyl peroxide, um, speaking of, then you can can create an environment in which it's overproducing oil, um, in which it's really panicked and trying to lubricate itself a lot. So I would try to wash it just once a day. Use a really gentle cleanser. Um, Definitely moisturize. Make sure it's with, again, something that's um, hypoallergenic, something in the beauty counterline, um, something like that, I think could definitely, um, could definitely be called for. I also might, I would recommend adding fermented foods into your diet to help you, um, help you make sure that your inflammation is, uh, as low as possible from the, from the inside out.
0: Wonderful. That's it. Okay. And what is your, what's that, that program that you have on acne? <laughs> Clear skin unlocked. I did mention it once. I won't okay. it. I just
1: knocked my mic over. Okay. Very sorry. I just to make
0: sure the mic fell, not you.
1: Um, yeah, I have a program. It's Clear Skin Unlocked. Um, you can find it at my website. I think, um, I think it's legit. I really do. Well, that's good because you made it. I, I did make it. It's just yes. I think all my programs are legit. I really, I really like this one. I'll just
0: say that. Wonderful. I like it too. So thank you. Wonderful information. Anything else you'd like to add? No. Wonderful. Oh, I'm just stretching <laughs> oh, over wonderful. here. Wonderful. Okay. I'm stretching. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say. I think you nailed it. And acne's your thing, let's be honest. You're the, you're the you're the gal, so. Alright. So, if you want more from Stephanie, you can go to PaleoForWomen.com. She's got her Clear Skin Unlocked program there and many other blog posts. Somehow she continues to just put them out endlessly about many issues, including acne. Uh, If you want more from me, you can go to CoconutsAndCattleBalls.com. I did just post a new blog post. It's a recipe, folks. Sweet potato waffles. Yeah, I feel like that's, you know, first one in about a year. But, you know, we're getting back into it. I'm going to be doing more recipes and stuff. So coconutsandkettleballs.com, that's me. You can follow us on the Insta at WellFedWomen. We are excited to share the book with you guys. We'll link to it in the show notes. It's called Coconuts and Kettleballs. You can pre-order on Amazon now. We will talk to you next week.